It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. After this past weekend's loss to Ole Miss, many of you are asking the question, why didn't Brian Harson get fired? Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackaby. And thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Charlie Tuesday to all who celebrate as we are joined by Auburn message board legend, Charlie Five, live from Barbaritos. And a lot of folks are asking, Charlie Five, excuse me, I'm getting choked up before we even get into this. Why didn't Brian Harson get let go this weekend? What are you hearing? What are your initial thoughts? Um, a lot of Auburn fans upset about this. Sure, sure. Look, I get it. I get it. Uh, I was on the, you know, I kind of felt like the bye week was the perfect time. It was the, you know, it was it was going to happen. I, I just there was no way we we're going to let it keep going. But you know, the more and more that you think about it, and you more the more and more you really like walk through the scenarios of like. What does it help? What does it hurt? What I mean, and, and the the logistics behind what happens after he's gone. I just the the more I think about it, I don't really know that there's really any significant benefit whatsoever to get rid of them before you know later in the year. You say, oh, what about the coaching search? Well, we've already talked about this. Him being here is not stopping anybody from talking about who's going to be or talking to future prospective yeah, coaches. Sure. Uh, recruiting. Hell, recruiting looks like it's picking up. It's getting better. Uh, we had the commit from Clay Whedon. We got a couple of uh, other linemen we're talking with. Um, Ruben Baines getting crystal balls and, and, and predictions left and right. Four-star defensive end for Miami, uh, committed to Miami. Just all kinds of uh, positive momentum there. Um, then you got the portal period that Lindsey talked about. Uh and, and all these other scenarios that people are pointing to, I get it. Like Wisconsin got – it seemed like they got the interim bump. Arizona State seemed like they got the interim bump. Georgia Tech. But the thing is, a lot of these guys that are, that are running the teams now are possible – could be possible prospective head coaches of those teams. Sure. We, don't, we won't have that. Okay, I don't know that there's a, a scenario where the head coach and both coordinators are gone and uh, you just promoted a bunch of guys that are very young in their uh, coaching career to uh, be able to run a team through a rest of a, you know, six games left in an SEC schedule. So um, the more emotionally, emotionally I want it done. I know a lot of you probably want it done emotionally, but when you really think about it, that's about all there is to it. It's just, do do you think, uh, do you think if there was a full-time AD in place, would he still be here? No, because I think the goal, like the, the whole, what we were told all along is that, they would want to fire him before the new AD came. So I, now, do you think I, that's still true? No, I don't. I don't think it's true. I mean, I, surely there'll be an AD before the end of the season, right? I think there could be an AD before the end of this week. So okay. uh, I think that's pretty. I think that's pro- probably getting pretty close too. So I, the you, more, you think I just Hartwell think, still. I, I don't. I, he's I, he's the one I want. I want it to be. Let's just put it that I want it to okay. be that guy. Uh, but again, I think Utah the, State. The only thing I feel like you gain, the only really thing I feel like you gain is just that emotional rip the Band-Aid off and start healing. 
and then you kind of feel like you get to cheer for the team instead of living in this sort of purgatory of you know it's weird. It's a it's like a purgatory feeling when you watch watch these games. Um, so, yeah. I, but I think that's pretty much the only benefit you're going to get is like an emotional benefit. There's nothing ancillary to the program that it helps at all. Well, I think emotional benefit is a benefit, though. It is. Um, and you'll hear from John Samuel Shanker, Auburn tight end and captain, later in the show today. But I asked him about that. I asked him, like, hey, what do you say to the folks that say that Harson has lost the team? And spoiler, he thinks it's crap. And yeah. so stay tuned to hear his answer on, um, on all of that. But I, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. I'm, I'm actually a little surprised to hear you kind of come around to that. Because yeah. we, we disagreed on this like a week ago, I think. Um, but Maybe a the, the whole down that. 21 nothing, and then them fighting back to tie it up. I know they lost by two touchdowns, but I was really impressed with that. I mean, Ole Miss is just a better, a significantly better team. But um, I'll tell you this. I'm, I wouldn't be shocked to see them drop the next two games. I was very blown away at how terrible their defense is. And I think it's I'm, bad. When I went and looked back at their schedule – it's their front. The first six or seven games are were extremely masked by poor competition. Uh, when your two conference uh, games are Vandy and Kentucky, whatever you want to say about Kentucky, it's still Kentucky. Uh, and then Auburn and we. Kentucky's Auburn, a good football team. Uh, they'll, they'll be about they'll win about seven or eight games. But um, the, the our backs averaging eight plus yards a carry. Um, that's that's pretty bad. I and mean, it didn't matter who it was, and no. it didn't matter what kind of scheme. Justin nope. Ferguson's film breakdown at the Auburn Observer, it was kind of fascinating. It's like no matter if Auburn had two tight ends blocking, five guys blocking, it didn't worked. matter if it was Damari Austin running a sweep. Like They were getting like eight carries a touch no matter what. Very, very bad. Very, very bad on Ole Miss' defense part. Yes, very bad. They're bad. They're not a very – their defense is terrible. Now, their offense is fun, and they can score in a whole bunch of different ways, but their defense is really, really bad. Yeah. Extremely bad. Yeah. All right, so there's a storyline about Auburn not being able to close defensively. First half versus second half. Is that actually true, Charlie Five? We will touch on that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. You've heard about the app, Upside. There's no reason not to download it. Look, from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. Are you doing the same, Charlie Five? I hope you are. 100%. I hope you are. To get started, download the free Upside app and use my promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That is using promo code LOCKED. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Charlie Five, we are at Barbaritos. We tried their new, um, what is it? Sriracha queso. Sriracha queso. It was awesome. It's good, but you know what's not? I like like a strong, thick 
queso. You know what I'm saying? It's very. It's got thick. some kick, but it's not your favorite thing here. No. Give me shit. Can I share what I, what my favorite thing is here now? If it'll fit in, get, if it'll fit in the camera shot, yes. I got an actual gallon, an actual gallon of the Chipotle Ranch, which I had. I had I used half of that container on my burrito bowl. <laughs> you couldn't so even just, see the bowl. So they just they just gave me the rest of the bowl. They said, "Congrats, here you go." I love it. Yeah, you have a Chipotle Ranch bucket. So no, come check out our friends at Barbaritos. Uh, outstanding, also bucket. very good for uh, for catering. You probably won't be given the bucket like Charlie Five is, but we'll see. We'll see. Can't hurt to try. But yeah, Barbaritos. It's in Auburn, right? Uh, next to the Auburn Mall over here in Auburn with a new location downtown coming very, very soon. Love our friends here at Barbaritos. All right, so we had a listener question earlier, Charlie Five. Yeah. And the gist of it was, as part of the bye week discussion, any chance you can hit on the D-line and lack of rotating players during games? I know against Georgia, Harris and Jones started with Wooden at defensive end. Burks comes in to spell Harris or Jones. Um. Seems like teams are able to run Auburn more on Auburn in the second half with more success. How much of that is tired legs? This isn't a new narrative. This has been happening sure. for a while. You're saying it's bogus. I don't want to say it's bogus, but okay. the, the, the stats don't really bear that out. Um, I think the, the, the second half collapses that we see are, from, are typically um, because we can't continue to score score points like we score early and then we can't score anymore if you look at if you take all the teams uh that we've played and take all the first halves and all the second halves it's almost exactly the same we've given up 101 points in the first half and 97 in the second half and you're like well you know we got the two uh you know san jose state and mercer to start off the year we actually gave up more points in the second half to those two teams than we did our first two sec teams so I don't know that it's necessarily a fresh legs thing as it just is when the offense can't go and the defense is on the field more, eventually it's going to break. It's Eventually it's going to break. And you saw that happen against um, Georgia, scored 28 in the first half. And uh, no, 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 uh, Georgia scored – dadgummit, I had, it, I had it almost memorized. Georgia scored a little bit more in the second half. Um, uh but but the, other than that, you had L, and you had Penn State that scored a little bit in the second half. But you couldn't, we couldn't move the ball at all. So it's just like you constantly kept putting them back out on the field. Um, there was a yeah. couple of players he mentioned uh, by name. Uh, I think uh, Anichi Sledge, uh, mm -hmm. Marquise Robinson. Why aren't they getting more run? And I think a lot of guys they're just not SEC players yet. I just don't think those guys are. They're young. Yeah, they're young. They haven't played at all. So it's so. Um, why I put them out there now and risk their red shirt year that, that you know, is, is very, very important. Um, I just don't think those guys would be – I think it would do more harm than good to put uh, – just throw those guys yeah. in the fire. But, I, man, def I know defense is not where we uh, thought it would be, but I, I just – just not anywhere – to me, it's not anywhere near a contribution to the second half collapses that we see. It's, it's – when you score zero 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 zero. Uh, you could give up. You could give up only three or four, three or three or six points. You're still going to lose uh, if you can't score in the second yeah. half. And uh, we we just, to me, that's the the genesis of our collapses versus defensive packages and things like that. Yeah, you, you mentioned some of those guys that aren't really playing yet, like Sledge, like Emba, 
like Zacchaeus yeah. Walker. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that position group yes. in the offseason. It's going to be, odds are, a, a new coaching staff with a new defensive line coach. A lot of these guys really seem to like defensive line coach Jimmy Brumbaugh. I don't think he'll be retained, but there's certainly a chance that he might. We'll see. But how much turnover will be at that position group? Because if you're the new guy and it's like, hey, stay, there's a ton of open spots available. And so it's going to be interesting because I think there's going to be some people that kind of felt slighted that they didn't get as many reps as possible. I think Zakevious Walker, if I had to pick one guy to transfer, it's probably Zakevious Walker. We'll see. Um, Thanks a good guess. But also it's like, well, if you got new people coming in and like, Three out of the four start. Only Jason Jones will be the only one really coming back next year. Like, right. why not stay? Because there's plenty of jobs available. So I think that's going to be an interesting one to follow. You're going to have to have almost a complete. I mean, you're going to have to add almost a whole new defensive line. I mean, whole new defensive line, especially on the interior, uh, because of what all you lose. Uh, and it is very. I feel like the it's very marketable right now to come play on the defensive line. Uh, at Auburn, it should be based off selling time alone to the people that are on the roster, to possible portal guys. Uh, it should be an easy position to sell because of the mass amount of talent that should be exiting after after this year. Yeah, so, I mean, depending on who they add, they may have true freshmen starting at Edge next year. Because good, uh, Edge, Edge is bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dylan Brooks will be the only one on this roster back unless they somehow pull off a medical redshirt thing for Eku, which I'm not expecting that to work, but. Maybe yeah. they'll try it. Eku may not want to. Eku may uh, be like, ah, I'm good. I'm going to go to the league. But I wouldn't come back if I were him. Yeah, sure. And so there's going to be there's going to be so much conversation and so many new additions on that defensive front. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun. It should season. be. It should be a lot of fun. If if you know if go uh, going back to kind of what we talked about uh, earlier. If, as long as things are being done and the, and the wheels are in motion and then when the clock ticks zero on that last game and we got our ducks in a row and we're able to get a guy in place pretty quick, we could have a lot of fun in December because you, you're talking about you could, you could really – I mean, honestly, you probably really need to add like 10 to 15 different uh, port guys from the portal to be able to be competitive on the offensive line, certain defensive lines. How, how many defensive linemen do you think they need to bring in? Well, the, just portal, just portal. Just I'm not talking. Portal. I'm not talking about high school kids. Just portal. I would say you need at least three. You need at least I, three. I was going to say four. Yeah, three, possibly four, with maybe two edges and two interior guys, or or one edge. And and that still true. doesn't really feel like enough. If I'm being honest no, with you, it really doesn't. It really doesn't because you're just going to have so much inexperience. And so then on the O line, I mean five, <laughs> five portal get, guys. Get a minimum. left tackle, a left guard, a center. Yeah, <laughs> a right guard and a right I'm, tackle. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it, it's it's so bad. And I made the joke with um with uh John Garcia. We were talking about like recruiting stuff, and he was on for a weekly recruiting segment. And I was like, "You don't think Auburn would take him?" He's like, "Well, you can't take ten tackles." And I'm like, "Why not? <laughs> if they'll come, bring them, move them inside." <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my it's goodness! A, to me, that it's just the, that would be the most fun thing ever. With this portal thing, I'm a huge recruiting guy. So if that was my full time job, like the, the portal aspect of it, being able to—I mean, it's like being an NFL GM. That's like I, I think one of the they, coolest. They can play right away. You I sign think, them. They're at practice three weeks later for spring. 
I want to, I want to, I think one of the coolest like scenarios to play out like in the future is to take it, actually take an NFL GM and hire him as a, a college football head coach and, and see how it works. I, all you got to worry about is filling this roster up. You got NIL, which is salary caps. You got uh, the portal, which is free agency. You got recruiting, which is, you know, it's a little different, but, uh, and then hiring coaches. I mean, I, if that's that's 90% of the battle. Why, why saving so good? Why saving so good because he can go get that left tackle when he has to from Vandy. Yeah. He can go get Jameer Gibbs, the the best running back that maybe has, maybe has played at Alabama since, in my opinion, since Nick Saban's been there, the most explosive guy. that He can go get these pieces, I mean, and, and keep his roster, uh, fill all the holes. And, like, that's just – that's what that's what wins now, recruiting and filling your roster. Uh, in the SEC, so that would be a. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun off season. It could be a lot of fun. What do you think they're working on the most during the bye week before cramp. we get to John Samuel Shanker? What's that? Say that again. I just What'd caught a say? cramp. Oh. <laughs> um, Sorry. What, no, you're good, buddy. What do you think? Uh, what do you think the biggest thing they're going to work on over the bye week is? Gosh, uh, hopefully not fumbling. Just all right. Work on the mesh, but like. We got to get the mesh point now. If, if Robbie's if Robbie's biggest weapon uh, is predicated off the read, like we got to get that we got to get that figured out. Uh, uh, I'm hey, almost uh, it's almost to the point where it's like you predetermine it before you call the play, like what that, they did with Nick in 13. Like that wasn't a read as much as people thought it was. No, and and we've got to figure this screen thing out. If we're gonna run this screen play to tank, we've got to figure out some sort of mechanical way to make this thing work because it seems like it's an absolute disaster every time we try to run it and it's it's a lot of times it's, it's set up it's there it's so there yeah uh, either they let one guy through a little too quick or robbie gets kind of wonky and off balance and he throws a laser uh a laser in there and uh tank doesn't have the best hands in general so uh it's pretty much got to be They're right good there. enough to catch a screen though like that's not yeah. the issue here right sure sure but like let's work on read option like work on the, the issue mesh. is tanks not seven feet tall that's the true. issue he's it's throwing true. to walker kessler out there that's, that's what's true. happening that's yeah. true so work on that screen work on the mesh point work on uh read option and then uh just try to get healthy all right so in just a minute charlie five i asked john samuel shanker where he was when that argument happened after they scored the touchdown where oh. he was, and also what he thought about Robbie throwing a fit on the sideline. So get his thoughts on both of those things in just a second. How can people find you, hear you, love you, all that stuff, buddy? Absolutely. Find me on Twitter at the underscore Charlie underscore five and the Locked on Auburn Discord, the Auburn Live, the Corner Message Board, and Monday, Wednesday, Friday on the Dad Black Golf Pod. That is Charlie Five, John Samuel Shanker coming up. But, hey, our partners at Nissan, they have – Worked with us to create a new segment across the Lockdown College Network titling Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from Auburn's weekend or throughout the history of the alma mater. But of course, this week's thrilling moment for the Auburn Tigers is when Tank Bigsby busted that 50-yard run. It was beautiful. Children cried. It was, uh, it was an incredible experience for all of us. We will always remember that beautiful run when Tank Bigsby is doing it at the next level. And we can always ask, why didn't we see more of that. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, 
including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. And joining us as he does every week, Auburn tight end John Samuel Shaker. These conversations brought to you by the Crawford Willis Group with EXP Realty. John Samuel, the, the bye week is here. What uh, Kind of give fans a little perspective on what a bye week means and what all the players can kind of do to recover and kind of take some time to themselves this week. Yeah, so for the most part, uh, it's a lot about recovery for the guys that have had a lot of playing time. Guys that are beat up, little nicks and bruises, trying to get them healthy. You got two weeks to do that, uh, which is a lot of time. Um, so that's a that's a big key. And then also we look back on ourselves and what we've done throughout the season, uh, and we'll look and we'll try to fine tune some things this week, just one or two things, and um, really just get suited back up for the, the really the second half of the season, um, so to speak. But uh, it's more about getting healthy and then just fine tune a few things de- dealing with us. Yeah. Um, not really much with the next opponent yet. Um, just really what we can do to get better. John Samuel, it seems like the offense got going more against Ole Miss than, than it has really against anybody this season. What did you guys do different offensively last week versus the rest of the season? Yeah, I thought we just we just executed the game plan better. Um, I thought Robbie played a good game for the most part. Um, he had he made good decisions with the ball, especially running. Um, I thought we schemed them up pretty well as well. Um, and we played physical in the run game, which when you want to beat Ole Miss, that's what you need to do is run the football. And we did that really well. Um, Tanking Jarquez had some really good games and really good carries. So yeah, um, it was really good to see that, um, to get back to what we believe we're good at, and that's running the football. So we were excited. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we lost by 14, and, and a few of those were because of turnovers and things like that. So that's – that's still the, the focus is the turnovers. Um, those those kill you, especially when you're playing really good teams on the road. From watching Tank from your point of view, was that his best performance in an Auburn uniform in your mind? He, mm, he's had some really good ones. I, that's definitely yeah. a, a top-tier one for sure. Uh, just his explosiveness once he gets to the second level is really good, and that's – We've known since he's been here, Once, you, if you can just get him to the second level, he can make some things happen. Um, and I thought we did a really good job of that, just allowing the run backs yeah. just don't have to worry about the front line, just being able to get to get to the second level and really make guys miss and, um, you know, break those creases. So it was really exciting to see that. John Samuel, a lot has been made after, I think it was the first touchdown that the offense scored. There was – and I think the TV broadcast made a bigger deal out of it than it actually was, but I'd love your your thoughts on it. It sounds like there was an argument on the sideline between some of the skill position players. Was was that really that big of a deal, or was that just uh, ESPN doing ESPN things? Yeah, it wasn't a huge deal. Um, it was just miscommunication. Um, you know, we were excited. We just scored. We're trying to get back in the ball game. Yeah. Um, so, you know, guys came over, and they were excited. Um, and then, you know, some guys were just talking about staying focused. I think guys got misconstrued with what we were meaning by that. And yeah, it wasn't a huge deal. It's just, you know, tempers were high and we were really locked in and focused and, you know, a lot of energy and things like that. And I, I just think it got a little more blown out, which that happens, you know, on TV sure. and things like that. But, um, no, it, nothing came of it. Um, it was all good afterwards. 
What do you think? I know you mentioned Robbie playing well, but the cameras caught him being pretty upset on the sideline when they put TJ in for that drive. And then Robbie obviously came in after that, but a young player still kind of learning how to control uh, emotions. You, you being a, an upperclassman and a captain, did you say anything to the young quarterback or did you kind of let him do his own thing? Well, I didn't see most of the reactions till after the game on okay. Instagram and things like that. But when TJ came in, uh, obviously I didn't get to see what his reaction was till later. Um, but yeah, that's things we work on. Obviously the guy's a competitor. He wants to play and, you know, and all those things. Um, but when things happen, you, you can't, especially when TVs are all over the place, that's what they're going to look for is mm-hmm. things like that to create stories and stuff like that. So it's, yes, I love the competitive spirit and him wanting to play and everything, but there is a fine line there. And, um, you know, he'll learn that as he gets older and plays more games uh, just on how to not show that emotion uh, in certain situations when things happen. Right. These weekly uh, conversations with John Samuel brought to you by our friends at the Crawford Willis Group at EXP Realty. If you need any type of real estate service, this team is the, is the group of people that you want in your corner. We just recently closed on our old house last week, actually, and uh, they were there and made sure we were comfortable and answered any questions that we may have, may have had and got an outstanding offer on our old home and an outstanding uh, price for our new home. And so, so glad all that's behind us. Uh, thanks to our friends at eXp Realty. They do such a great job, whether you're um, looking for your second home or investment property, it's all a significant decision in your life. A lot of money at stake, and you want to make sure that it's protected. And the Crawford Wills Group at eXp Realty does that. Their motto says it all, converting clients into friends. So be sure to check them out at CrawfordWillisGroup.com. John Samuel... There's a narrative going around, and this is the folks that are kind of anti-Brian Harson about how the, the, the team, he's lost the team. He's lost the locker room. And, and I don't know how you can watch Saturday's game with all the passion and you guys being down 21 nothing, and then climbing back and tying it up uh, just a few minutes later. That believes that, right? I mean, all, all that is craziness, right? You, you're in the locker room. You're leading this group. Tell us what you think. Yeah, I mean, I think this game speaks for itself. You know, if we lost it, the game would have been a blowout quickly. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, guys are fighting like that. Yeah, that is far from the truth. Um, we are still battling hard. We're playing hard, believing everything we're doing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people are going to do that when you lose games and stuff like that. Like, that's going to happen. Um, but, no, there's he has not lost anybody. We are fighting. You know, we're going to get ready, get healthy this week, and then we're fighting on and playing against a good Arkansas team next week. Is it is it hard to shut out all the noise? I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, John Samuel, but is this locker room still pretty focused on, on the task at hand? Yeah, I think it gets harder and harder, guys, um, that just, you know, in my opinion, if in the season, it's better if, you know, guys, if you're going to be influenced by it, just turn it off and, and let it be. Because, um, you know, those guys aren't playing, you know, those – you just don't want stuff like that to seep into the locker room and let it spread. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought we'd done a good job to this point. Now you have time off and things like that. People go home and they'll hear from their families and all the opinions of everybody that's now on the football field. So it can be a challenge. It really can, especially when you're losing football games. Um, so that'll be a huge key coming back next week is just being able to focus in on, on what we have to do as a team. And cause we're the only ones out there and that's, that's the big thing that guys need to understand. And 
and be able to to see that um, come to fruition. So we talked about this on the show earlier this week, John Samuel, but a lot of these pass catchers, a lot of these young Auburn wide receivers have been really impressive. Jay Fair got his first reception as an Auburn Tiger. Uh, the, the more we see of Camden Brown, the more people want him on the field. And then Amari Kelly's a guy that has really surprised me in a positive way over the course of the season. What's impressed you about some of these young pass catchers on offense? Yeah, we knew in fall camp when those guys started to play, they were, you know, they're going to be really special. A lot of speed. Um, I think Amari and Jay Fair are top tier speed guys. Okay. Um, so that's going to be really exciting to see, especially for them in the future. But yeah, those guys, you know, they're young. So there's certain things they do in practice that we're trying to build and, um, you know, just focus all the time whenever we're in the facility. Um, but great guys mm-hmm. um, and they're super talented. So I, I do believe the wide receiver room's in a good spot moving forward. Um, with the young guys, um, those three guys will definitely help this university moving forward. Sure. John Samuel, uh, best of luck with the bye week, recovering and, and focusing on uh, the, the rest of the season, including Arkansas coming to Jordan-Hare Stadium next weekend, man. Really appreciate your time, as always, bud. Thank you, War Eagle. That's another one in the books. Thank you to John Samuel. Thank you to everybody who joined the show today. And we will be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.